0: All right, let's get our Friday afternoon underway the right way. Health Naturally with uh, Dennis Stewart. Good afternoon, sir. How are you, comrade? I'm uh, ready to go, (laughs) mate. Better dead than red, as they used to say. I was expecting that. You goaded me into that. I was expecting that. Dennis, uh, as well as taking some calls today, which we're always happy for you to do, uh, a famous herb that uh, was brought to the the European continent by uh, Christopher Columbus. So big, important herb. Why is that so? Well, to start
1: with, the name of the herb, believe it or not, is Anum, which is the botanical name for chilli. Lovely. Oh, This is going to be a and, nice episode. And, and that not only changed uh, European eating habits and got Christopher Columbus a great reward from the European masters, but it actually uh, contributed subsequently to the health and well-being particularly of Western people, where it was noticed that the use of this spice, as I call it, or food, or herb, call it what you like, there are various definitions, had remarkable benefits in multiple areas. And in herbal medicine, it's become one of the signature remedies of Western herbalism. And any herbalist worth his or her salt would know the virtues of this remarkable herb, about which I'm going to say a few salient things today, particularly at this time of the year.
0: G'day, Alan at Cameron Park. Dennis is with you now, and you have a question, Alan, on magnesium. What's going on?
1: Yeah, Yeah, Dennis, you mentioned once about magnesium. that doesn't give you a gastric. Yes. Hello? Do you know what what the name of it is? Uh, Look, um, the magnesium that um, we use in in, uh, medicine, rarely have I found that in the dose in which it's administered... Does it cause uh, a diarrheic condition? Um, there's always the possibility of what we call an idiopathic reaction, where someone uh, responds unusually to the to the dosage of this supplement, which, by the way, is one of the most popularly used supplements in our society today. It, it's just incredible how many people are using magnesium, uh, prescribed frequently by their medical practitioners recommended by their pharmacists and of course, uh, prescribed and recommended by natural therapists. Uh, Cameron uh, or Alan, I have not heard too many, um, how can I call it, problems associated with taking it as far as precipitating um, uh, diarrhea. All
0: right. Okay, Dennis, thanks, Uh,
1: Have you had an experience along those lines, have you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, if you're using it, take on board what I have said. Uh, Make sure you're taking uh, the right dosage of it and discuss that with your pharmacist.
0: Okay, best of luck with all of that. Uh, Alan, 49216216, if you have a question for Dennis today, he'll, uh, he'll get through them one by one uh, right here at Health Naturally at uh, 2 R F M. But Dennis, in the meanwhile, Capsican. Yeah, yeah. uh, so Christopher Columbus, he brought it back to Europe and, yes. and then it went on, became part of the folklore there. But how, how, what was his initial involvement with it? How did he discover or what, how was it brought to him?
1: Well, it was part of his whole exploratory uh, program to find the way to the new world. And um, he reached uh, the Caribbean and reached South America uh, and uh, was introduced to a, a new group of people, uh, different skin colour to the Europeans. And he also took on board some of what they were using and eating. And he was introduced, uh, amongst other things, to capsicum Adam, and uh, began to use it uh, as part of the food supplement, added to the food, and then it was found also that it had very useful medicinal properties. And it was in the West, when it was taken back to the West over a, quite a number of years, that the full possibilities of capsicum anum, or what we loosely refer to as chilli, became known. And today, many of those properties are well known. But one of my major concerns is that people think, oh, chilli, it, it's, it's too hot for me. Well, let me just say there are gradations of chilli. And these days, capsicunanum, we'll use the botanical term, capsicunanum uh, is available very conveniently in encapsulated forms. In fact, interestingly, uh, a major American company uh, with whom I have worked for many years, uh, based in Utah, they had a lot to do in making capsaicin respectable by putting it into an encapsulated form and using it as the spearhead. Of their product range and good on them because when it's taken in that form generally speaking there's very very little gut reaction and the benefits of that herb can be experienced by multiple organs and useful in treating or helping many disease or malfunctioning states i'll mention a few in a moment
0: maybe the poor old chili dennis gets a, a humbly i say a bad rap because people see uh, those eating challenges where, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll try and do a six chicken wings with the hottest chilli I can find and then find why is my stomach burning a hole through my, you well, know. Well, it's
1: interesting. I happen to be one of those people that would do pretty well. In that competition, oh, and, let's do that. And over over the years, listeners have actually presented uh, uh, radio stations that I've worked with with some of the hottest chilies in the world, and said, "Here is a gift to Dennis." And right. they have been very, very hot. <laughs> I welcome listeners out there that grow the chilli. You can welcome. I welcome a bag of chilies. I'll not eat them in front of you, but by gee, I go through a lot of chilies.
0: I'll tell you what, Dennis, uh, and we're just we're just booking on the fly here, so uh, you could sort of say no, but I reckon he's if you um, if you're a restaurant or something that actually deals in really hot chilies, hot meals, hot challenges, uh, Dennis, would you take one one week? Oh, absolutely. Here? absolutely. And right,
1: I'd, I'd win hands down.
0: Bring on your hottest. I'd win hands down
1: <laughs> because, but look, I know, I know some people are um, cautious, and that's why I said as far as using chili whether medicinally or as a food, the point to know is there are gradations Mm. of intensity, put it that way, and um, you start off with the milder stuff Mm. and move upwards. But I come back to the point that as a medicinal substance, it is now prescribed and supplied in very convenient ways. And and I prescribe a lot of capsicum, uh, and I'll explain why in a moment, for various conditions. And in an encapsulated form of capsicum, or a liquid extract or tincture form of capsicum or chilli Rarely, let me say rarely do I have reactions Because the, the preparations prescribed in the correct level And in the correct form Can achieve their objective without upsetting the gut
0: Alright, we'll come back and look at a mm. uh, little bit more of the chilli Because I think this is a good one today G'day Mick at Tookley um, You have a hair loss question for Dennis today What's happening Mick?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Getting a bit of a sandy bottom, and I wonder yeah. if uh, yeah, okay. One, yeah, I wonder if there's a, a, a secret uh, herb or or uh, remedy. Okay, look, if you can get uh, in contact with a, a food store yeah. that stocks Indian herbs, yeah, and there are quite a few of them around now, uh, and, and I patronise them because I like. Indian food and I like many of the herbs of, uh, of India and I've lectured on one of those herbs that is the backbone of Ayurvedic medicine which is the traditional system of, of India for healing and it has a herb that is pronounced or in Sanskrit is pronounced bringaraj and, and bringaraj means, the Sanskrit means word means ruler of the hair and it is the most popularly used topical and oral treatment for hair loss or even the greying of hair. Now, botanically, it has a botanical name. The botanical name is Eclipta Alba, E-C-L-I-P-T-A, Eclipta Alba. If you go into an Indian food store, and I'm thinking of the one that I patronise on the central coast at, at Wyoming, you'll find on the shelves preparations for this under the name of Bringarage, not necessarily using the botanical name Eclipta Alba, but I have prescribed, and I have many clients out there would vouch for what they claim is the benefit of it, I have prescribed Eclipta Alba in a liquid extract form for many, many years with good results according to my clients or patients. Now, am I saying that this is uh, the, the cure for alopecia? I'm not saying that. Am I saying that it is the cure for hair loss in every case? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that here is a a preparation, a herb, particularly used topically in various uh, uh, forms, um, and also orally prescribed in, in tableted, powdered or liquid extract form, that is claimed to have helped. Many of my clients who are battling with a similar problem to you.
0: Mick, the good news is, though, it's an easy one to remember the name of. I mean, Dennis basically said Bring Garage. So you'll be able to remember.
1: down, and there's <laughs> not too many bald Indian that I know.
0: That's a fair point. All right, Bring Garage, that's the name of it. Uh, Dennis, we'll continue with a little bit more of Health Naturally back okay. into the uh, chilies. Well, we're going to stick up top because we had a hair loss question. We're going to okay. stick up, up, onto the, uh, up onto the scalp. G'day, Sharon at Edgeworth. Uh, Dennis is with you now there. Hi, thanks. Hi, Hello, Dennis. Sharon.
1: How can we help you, Sharon?
0: Yeah, I'm just wondering if you've got if the capsicum or if that hair Bengala would help um, folliculitis in the scalp.
1: Bringaraj, now look. I think uh, with your folliculitis, um, have you been using anything so far on it?
0: Uh, no, I can take um, just antibiotics. Just keep it down. But, okay. Yeah,
1: just... Look, uh, let me just explain to listeners that folliculitis is an infection of the hair follicle occurring on the scalp and it can um, need treatment with antibiotics when it's severe. Uh, It can be a chronic condition, it can be characterized by itch, uh, flakiness, scaliness. Um, Antibiotic treatment is sometimes useful but I have had even on this program over the years uh, people vouch for the simple recommendation of trying tea tree based topical applications. By that I mean uh, you can purchase uh, shampoos and uh, and soaps of uh, based on tea tree oil, and tea tree oil is well well known as a useful agent for addressing a number of things, uh, certain levels of infection, whether on the on the scalp, as in folliculitis, or also for addressing some of the itch or pruritic uh, pruritic conditions associated with this condition, as well as the scaling. So I don't know if you have tried tea tree based products, it would not clash with what your doctor may have prescribed by way of an oral antibiotic, but uh, I can come back to saying that quite a few patients over the years, or I should say listeners, as well as patients have had some benefit by trying a topical application, a shampoo to start with or a lotion, which are readily available from our good pharmacists and our good health food stores. I'd give that a go. Give it a go, Sharon. Give it a go.
0: Okay, great. Thank you. Okay. Sharon, all the best with that as we move on to Lynn at Fennel Bay. G'day, Lynn. You have a question for Dennis today? I do. Um, My daughter recently had some um, shoulder surgery and they were concerned at the length of time between when she did her accident and had her surgery and they were worried about her tendons. So she did some research and found that diatomaceous earth was really good for tendons. When she got the diatomaceous earth, it was also good for a lot of other things, and I was just wondering, is there any risks to taking diatomaceous earth? What's your thoughts on it?
1: I don't know a lot about it. I'm not a bad herbalist, but I'm not an earth scientist. What I would uh, say is that diatomaceous earth, uh, earth sounds a little bit like a clay substance. Yes. And, and um, clay... Uh, has been used by some uh, natural therapists over the years mainly to address uh, gut conditions to uh, promote what's called uh, detoxification of the gut because what it seems to do is embody into its own mass a lot of what are called gut toxins, that is the philosophy behind it and yes. that's how it's been used. The, the, the downside to that is even though there may be some benefit from it. Um, by virtue of the way in which it works as an adsorbent, and that's the term that I would use, an adsorbent, something that soaks yep. into its own mass. The only thing that would worry me is that it may, if used for any length of time, also um, take up a lot of the uh, the nutrients that come into the gut to be observed for good, to be uh, taken up for good health. In other right. words, these substances can work well. There's no doubt about that, uh, but there's the downside to them that if they are persevered with or used for too long, they may, and I say may, without any great certainty, they may have the adverse effect of of having a a nutritional um, disadvantage. Okay. Now, that's that's only my thoughts on it. Uh, I know many, uh, well, not many, but a a few patients who have uh, procured the substance and have uh, read the literature and claim to have done well on it i have not heard too much about it being useful for what you have said about uh, tendon growth although the argument there might be that there are some mineral constituents in it that might promote that yeah i, yeah. I would uh, I, i'd be cautious i nearly emigrated to canada once really what what, what uh, happened was, well the system of herbal medicine that i uh, studied and still practice mm-hmm. is very north american based a lot of the herbs that we use that you would have heard, we mm. talk about golden seal, echinacea. Very much All so. have mm. a North American origin. And uh, I was teaching at the time and was approached by a college in Canada to see if I would move to Canada and lecture in herbal medicine at their college. My wife will vouch for this. We did the, mm-hmm. the groundwork. We mm-hmm. filled out the papers. But I was at that stage practising at Warunga and it was a very successful practice. So at the end, I had to weigh (laughs) up the the risk perhaps of moving to Canada to fulfil an academic pursuit or stay at a very successful practice at Wurrunga.
0: Well, if you had have gone, we wouldn't have had this program with you. So what would we be doing right now? You could
1: have done it online.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'd already be at lunch, so thanks for that, Dennis. And uh, what are we, Canadian time? Um, Oh, yeah, you'd be asleep. It's about 11 o'clock at night. Probably. G'day, Vicky at Shortland. You still have... Uh, we've got another magnesium question from you this time, Vicky. Yes, I do.
1: Hello, Vicky.
0: How are you going? I'm i well. saw you. I saw you a few years ago and yes. you helped me. Thank um, you. With Ostragalus 8, you yes. were brilliant. I could hardly walk into your surgery and when I was taking the Ostragalus 8, it was brilliant.
1: I remember but, you. <laughs> oh, you do. You, I do. <laughs> you, weren't. weren't you, were you the last that was to be the bridesmaid at, uh, maid at Sacred Heart? Uh, no, wrong okay. woman. Okay, okay. I had a patient that couldn't walk into the practice uh, and uh, went on to my preparation of astragalisate and uh, took it and was able to fulfill a commitment uh, at a wedding at Sacred Heart. So, we know, we know like... you've helped at least two ladies, Dennis, though, so that's pretty good stuff. All right, Vicky. Uh, I know,
0: you do well. But I do have a question. Yes, yes. I, like, I suffer from cramps. Mm. Magnesium, I believe, is good for cramps.
1: Look, in the leg. Okay. It is one remedy that has helped a number of people. It's a very popular remedy uh, and very readily available and very economical. Again, I would say um, that you, we must be cautious that we don't ascribe to anyone, any single product, whether it be mineral or herbal or whatever, uh, a cure all potential. What works for some uh, may not work for others, but. Uh, With reference to magnesium, um, very, very many people that I see are already on magnesium when they come to see me for other problems, and they are on it because it certainly helps them. So if you are experiencing particularly nocturnal cramps, it's worthwhile using. But let me say, don't be disappointed if you don't get the result. Not everyone does get the result, and I'll give you two things to think about if you're nocturnal cramps, and they are occurring at night, are they?
0: Yes, they are. Okay.
1: I'll mention two things that uh, might be useful if magnesium doesn't do the job. First of all, in Western herbal medicine, there is an American herb, and you heard me talk a moment ago about uh, the roots of my herbalism are very North American-based. One of the herbs that uh, is uh, used in our, in our trade, if you like, is a herb called cramp bark. Cramp bark. Oh now, yes, cramp bark, uh, botanically is known as Viburnum opulus.
0: Oh, and, I want to remember um, that name. <laughs> I know,
1: but uh, in, in in good herbal uh, products, even in this, in this country, you'll frequently find uh, the botanical name appended to the common name. But I come back to the point: cramp bark cramp, has bark. A good, a cramp bark has a good reputation. I know there are products in our pharmacies and health food stores. Certainly I stock them in my rooms at New Lambton, but favour your own people wherever you are. Um, I know they're available. If magnesium doesn't help, and I think it probably will start with that, if that doesn't help, think of cramp bark. And thirdly, and I say this to listeners generally, if the cramping is associated uh, with cold weather or poor circulation, uh, evidenced by, say, cold feet or constantly having to have socks on. Um, you get people that experience what we call cold peripheral symptoms. The What we're talking about today, or we're going to talk about, the use of encapsulated capsicum, the
0: capsicum.
1: is useful because it's referred to as a circulatory stimulant. And in our trade, herbs that promote uh, circulation are known as circulatory stimulants, and they promote improved blood flow through the musculature and are particularly useful in wintertime for cold uh, feet, cold hands and frequently what we refer to as a cramp uh, takes up as a result in the way in which a group of herbs spearheaded by capsicum or chilli including ma- uh, other herbs like ginger by improving the peripheral circulation even minimally can see some improvement also in, uh, in cramping experience.
0: Okay. Oh, well, that's great. Um, listen, I I don't take zinc. Yes. But I, but I do eat a lot of. This is for you, Mark. Um, Here we go. This is, this is oysters.
1: I love them. No, <laughs> I love them. No, look, he, them. he could never beat me on that. He could never beat me on that.
0: No, Dennis, oh. <laughs> no, no competition. Dennis, oysters are horrible. No, thank you. Oh,
1: really? Yep. I no. thought you were fair dinkum there. I thought you were right into them. No,
0: no. Hell oh, no.
1: Oysters. I'll oh, 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 what. Any Vicky, time. Any Vicky, time. Any time. Vicky, you and Dennis go off and have some lunch oh. somewhere. I can't
0: do seafood. I don't do seafood.
1: Really? Yeah. Seafood
0: other than fish and oh, chips thanks. is about it.
1: Pacific oysters. <laughs> uh, 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 oh, Pacific oysters. My mouth waters now. I, I'll tell you something, Vicky. My eldest son uh, is uh, doing the dream of his life, going around Australia with his dear, life, a dear wife after working hard in health food stores for too many years, and he's in Tasmania at present. Maybe he had a tough Boston. <laughs> he, did. That's the problem. He, he's, he sent us a, a photograph of the oysters that he's uh, getting off the rocks believe it or not and, and the size of them you'd be battling to put one in a frying pan they are so my, big, so luscious huge. my, my mouth, mouth is watering here no one could beat me in eating oysters so you've got no worries if you're eating oysters you don't need to take a zinc supplement <laughs>
0: Oh, excellent. Thank you. That's for you, Mark. Yeah, thanks, Vicky. Appreciate it. Best of luck. And Dennis, (laughs) on on that, I'll leave you with this note. Yes. A great quote from a a television, great TV series called Mad Men. And a couple of fellas were out having dinner and they said, while they had the, the tray in front of them, they said, Brave was the first man who ever ate an oyster. (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's, there's a few of us That's
0: still awful. on the planet. <laughs> you imagine not? oysters have never been eaten before. You open that up. I, th- I think I'll eat this goo. You
1: know, it's I'll just I'll be quick on this. Yeah, my, my, my dear father, who was raised and um, uh, were born and raised in, in Stockton, lived on the river um, and, and knew the river back the front, mm. he would frequently, even with us as kids, go along the shores there on, on the Hunter and... <clears> um, Go to the go to the rocks, and he would just chuck them as they called it, or yeah. as they call it, and eat them as he went. It was unbelievable to to see it happen. You could do it in those days, mm. but he was he introduced us to oysters, uh, living on the river. There's a whole history about living on the river. And he was great with oysters, it's and I followed the, on the tradition.
0: It's the Food Hour with Dennis Stewart. Almost ready to wrap things up with Dennis Stewart with Health Naturally today. However, we have got time for a couple more. G'day, Kim, there at Cardiff. You want to continue the, the conversation that just happened on oysters. What's your thought on that, Kim? Um, I can't eat them El Naturel, but I can eat them Kilpatrick. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, I still get the goodness
1: out of You will indeed, but you'll graduate eventually
0: <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no what come up? I don't blame you, Kim Thank you so much for that Good afternoon, Sue at Mayfield Now, we're still in, in things that are of a tasty nature yes. you? you have a peppermint question for Dennis today, Sue Yes, I do. Um, some people have been talking about experiencing bloating yes. and I was wondering how effective peppermint was and what is the best form in a tea, water, tablets?
1: Okay. Look, um, first thing with bloating is you, you need to make sure uh, what the cause of it is. If it's just a functional condition and not related to any medical condition and only your GP would be able to determine that. By the way, bloating is one of the most common uh, things that, uh, that we experience. It can be part of what's called an irritable bowel syndrome. Peppermint is always, in our trade, thought of as a specific herb for most gut conditions, uh, including uh, functional bloating, uh, particularly associated with what we call irritable bowel. It's also useful, by the way, for addressing uh, nausea, which sometimes can accompany Uh, many, um, you know, digestive problems. Mm -hmm. I'm a great fan of peppermint. It was one of the three main herbs that the great German medical practitioner and herbalist, Dr. Rudolf Weiss, called up in his book, Herbal Medicine, one of the three gut remedies, um, chamomile, uh, uh, lemon balm, and peppermint. And I'll talk about the others one day, but peppermint, yes, a useful starting point. And surprisingly, I believe I believe that it is best used as a simple herbal tea, two to three cups a day, depending upon how much bloating you're experiencing. I'd be surprised if that didn't do you some good. And
0: that's just from the supermarket, the chamomile, uh, 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 sorry, the peppermint
1: tea? Peppermint tea is peppermint tea. The the health food stores um, obviously uh, have good quality uh, peppermint, but that's not to say that supermarkets have it also. Um, peppermint tea is peppermint tea where you buy it from probably is not that important Um, it'll do the job so long as it is peppermint tea
0: Thank you so much, Sue, there in Mayfield. Uh, We've answered that question. Dennis, look, we've run out of time, so we won't. We will come back next week. But, hey, the good news, since you're halfway through a topic, you don't have to come up with one next time.
1: No, we're going to follow on, as we (laughs) did with Pineapple. We're going to follow on with Capsicum, Mm. and we'll talk about its role, its important role at this time of the year for helping, helping what we call wet lung conditions, bronchial conditions characterised by mucus and infection, Capsicum is an outstanding remedy, believe it or not, with proven capacity to help in managing what I call wet lung conditions.
0: And one word, if I can actually get someone to do a really super hot chilli, will you take a challenge?
1: Uh, Seriously? I'd have a go at it. All right. I'd have a go at it. You leave
0: that with me. I'd have a go at it. We'll see what we can come up with next week for (laughs) Dennis. (laughs) Might do that after the calls, though.
1: (laughs) We'll do a trial run before the program.